conjure up the term bad boss and what comes to mind? Scenes of red-faced people berating subordinates in public, swarmy souls taking credit for other people's work or saying one thing and doing another, cutting remarks, yelling. Feel free to continue. We're sure you can. In our episode today, we're digging into what really constitutes bad behavior and if you might be entering that bad boss category. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zinger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th Percentile. I'm Brianna Corin, and joining me today is renowned psychometrician and my father, Joe Folkman. Hello, Bree. Hey, I'm very interested. Tell me about the worst boss you've ever had. (laughs) Oh, well, I happen to be related to him, and he would always call me after hours and on holidays. (laughs) Just kidding. It's not you. (laughs) You're not really my boss. Um, No, I had a boss uh, who was a really bad role model, and he just showed up to work late and kind of a lot of other things. But here's the thing. Uh, the worst part of working under him was the effect it had on my performance because I'm a pretty driven person. But when I worked with him, his behaviors kind of rubbed off on me. And I found myself, well, he doesn't care. So why should I show up early? Why should I do those things? And so you sunk to that level. Huh? Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. Why about you? I, I had a boss that would write me nasty emails and I found the best way to deal with that is to just not reply. <laughs> Which drove it drove him absolutely insane. I mean, it was just <laughs> I did I mean, I quit reading them, in fact. It just bothered me. So I just I kind of, you know, I I mean I was willing to reply if it wasn't a nasty email, but it was always nasty, so I just wouldn't do anything. Yeah, email etiquette. (laughs) Well, I think we hear these horror stories, or you watch, you know, The Office um, episodes demonstrating this iconic bad boss behavior, Um, and that defines, you know, the very essence of what we think bad bosses do. And when we see these things portrayed on TV or in movies, you know, we can't help laughing even while we're thinking, I would never do those things. I am not a bad boss. But Zenger Folkman Research suggests that the offensive actions that so often are associated with being a bad boss make up less than 20% of the behavior that actually defines the worst bosses. So we might be entering into this category we may not realize. So uh, how about you explain a little bit more about what you mean by that? And and what's really difficult about this is that you'd think that bad bosses would know they're bad bosses, but the vast majority are clueless. <laughs> they, <Yeah. laughs> they don't believe they're in that category. Mm-hmm. So we analyze data. Oh, this is a surprise from 30,000 leaders as seen through the eyes of some 300,000 of their peers, direct reports, and bosses on 360-degree evaluations, we found that the sins of the bad bosses are far more often the sins of omission, not commission. In other words, 
not doing stuff instead of doing bad stuff. That is, bad bosses are not defined so much by the appalling things they do, but by the critical things they don't do. Hmm. Hopefully, you really don't have outright offensive, rude leaders who write you nasty emails. I'm so sorry you did. (laughs) But rather, it's things that we're not doing that kind of demonstrates the bad bosses out there. Now, how did you discover these sins of omission? First, in this group of 30,000 that you talked about before, you focused on 11,000 leaders who received the lowest aggregate scores on their 360 feedback reports. And now the bottom of the barrel, the 1% and the bottom 10% to see if you could spot any early warning signs that might have predicted their lack of success. So you analyzed a group of executives who had recently been terminated. They were gonzo. Similarly, combing through data, looking for any clues that would explain why they had failed, why they were fired. And by combining conclusions from these two groups, you were able to identify, ready, the 10 fatal flaws (laughs) that contribute to a leader's failure, none of which appears in the feedback of effective leaders. Right. And I I might start by adding that this has been one of our most popular blogs on HBR. And I I talked to one of the HBR editors and I said, why is this so popular? And, and, you know, why is he more, why is this blog more popular than our blogs that talk about what good leaders do? And she said, bad news sales. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody nobody wants to hear good news. They want to hear the bad news. So this is kind of the Give us the bad news. (laughs) What What are the fatal flaws? The number one and the most common thing is the failure to inspire. And this comes from a lack of energy and enthusiasm. Again and again, failed leaders were described by their colleagues as unenthusiastic and passive. This was, in fact, the most noticeable of all their failings. The second one was acceptance of mediocre performance in place of excellent results. The poorest leaders did not stretch. Inadvertently encouraged mediocre performance by letting people coast along, doing less work less well than their counterparts working for better managers. And and like I said at the beginning, those are two things that I really felt with my boss. Number three on the list of fatal flaws was a lack of clear vision and direction. No surprise there. Poor leaders have a murky view of the future. They don't know precisely what direction to take and are, not surprisingly, unwilling to communicate about the future, leaving their subordinates with no clear path forward, um, just as they are. Number four was an inability to collaborate and be a team player. Poor leaders avoid their peers, they act independently, and fail to develop positive relationships with colleagues. The worst of them view work as a competition and their colleagues as opponents. They do not play well on the playground with others. They create an island around themselves and their team. Definitely. Number five is the failure to walk the talk. Saying one thing and doing another is the fastest way to lose the trust of all your colleagues. 
The worst offenders were those who pose a wider threat as dangerous role models, creating the risk that their organization will degenerate if others behave as they do. Number six was failure to improve and learn from mistakes. Arrogance and complacency combine in the poorest leaders as they rise, causing them to come into a dangerous conclusion that they've reached a stage in their careers where development was no longer required. (laughs) They think they've arrived. Closely connected to this failing is the inability to learn from their mistakes, leaving these unfortunates to repeat the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah. And it's like they don't think other people see it, like they're hiding, (laughs) or maybe they don't see it. Other people see our mistakes pretty clearly, right? And they want you to learn from them. So number seven was an inability to lead change or innovate owing to a resistance to new ideas, whether stemming from a lack of imagination or simply too closed a mindset this flaw manifests itself as a failure to take suggestions from direct reports or peers. And that can really bother people a lot. The next was a failure to develop others. Leaders who were not concerned about helping their direct reports develop and were not seen as coaches or mentors were highly likely to fail. Because they were primarily focused on themselves, they were not concerned about the longer-term success of their employees or their department. Number nine was inept interpersonal skills. And you're wondering, gee, that's ninth? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It just came up there a little bit. But we, we put it in as number nine. But these are leaders who are rude. They talk down. They yell. They belittle others and and they do it out of positive malice or out of boorish insensitivity. But even these failings are often manifested in things that these leaders don't do. Included in this is a group of people that don't listen. They don't ask good questions. They don't reach out to others. They don't praise or otherwise reinforce good behavior and success. Number 10, the displays of bad judgment that lead to poor decisions. Here at the bottom are the leaders who lead the troops over difficult cliffs by deciding to do the wrong things. Wow, that's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot of negative behaviors right there. (laughs) Um, While any one of these flaws can be fatal enough to tank a leader, Our research at Zanger Folkman shows they are commonly displayed in groups of three or four, as one problem typically leads to create another. But the point here is that fully eight out of 10 of these fatal flaws that we talked about stem from things leaders don't do. And even some of the most obvious bad behavior is often perceived by your colleagues or bosses or subordinates as these failures to act more than obvious mistakes. And this makes fatal flaws difficult to see. They are not the kinds of flaws we instantly recognize, either in others or in ourselves. But we're probably, if you look through this list, if you really think about it, you're probably guilty of one of these. And they're not the kind of things people call out. 
since there's nothing explicit that draws attention to them. And even worse, they're the sorts of failings people observe only after weeks and months of working together, which means if you're one of these unfortunate few heading towards disaster, you could be traveling down a road right now with no hint that anything's amiss. No hint that is, unless you take the time to consider not just what kind of leader you are, but what kind of leader you're not. The 90th Percentile and Unconventional Leadership Podcast was written and recorded by Brianna Corin, Jack Zanger, and Joe Folkman, and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you are interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, tell your friends and coworkers about it, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a great review. We really like to read them. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in our episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com. <laughs>